The opinions expressed are those of the show hosts and may not necessarily be of any company in which the show hosts may represent. The following podcast may contain some strong language. Parental discretion is advised. The Security Box, Podcast 147. Unpacking the structure of a ransomware group's business model. Welcome to the Security Box. Podcast 147. I'm Jared Reimer. On this edition of the program, I believe I have a very interesting but true story that must be told with the names being changed to protect the innocent. Or is it guilty? We've got a very interesting article talking about the structure of ransomware groups and no we're not talking about specific named groups just something that probably wouldn't surprise someone who reads this type of news we'll see what else the landscape has to offer with news notes questions and more the podcasted edition of program 147 which was aired and taped on Wednesday June 7th 2023 is coming right up I'm Jared Reimer thanks so much for listening Welcome to Jared's shop. May I take your order for a username and password? The sign says Jared's shop. It said nothing about usernames and passwords. Yes, sir. Usernames, passwords, credit card information, all sorts of breach data. You name it, you've got it here at Jared's shop. Well, that sounds lovely, but I really only wanted to pick up a USB drive. Well, sorry, sir, but the USB drives come with all sorts of data, 
all for sale right here, right now, at the asking price of at least $100. Well, USB drives start at least at 10 bucks. I need a USB drive so that I can store some data on it of my own, such as audio book files, files from the library, the library. Maybe, some maybe some backups, backups of some other stuff. And if need be, I'd like to be able to send some stuff to some people, and they only have the capacity of receiving them through flash drives. So I need blank ones. Well, sorry, sir, but we don't have any blank flash drives here. If we did, whatever you wanted from usernames, passwords, and more can be put on these drives, but at a premium cost. Sorry, sir, I'm not interested in that. I'll just have to find another shop. Welcome to the security box. The security box with Jerry Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon or good evening. This is Jared Reimer, and welcome to the Security Box. This is program number 147. On today's program, for the live taping of it, we are going to cover a very interesting but true story about somebody who got fired over something that was said on a bulletin board of a phone line and we are going to change the names to protect the innocent or is it going to be the guilty? We're going to have news, notes, more. <clears throat> And, of course, our main topic is going to be the structure of modern cybercrime groups. And it's not about one specific group, but some groups were used as examples of some of what Trend Micro's article is. And if you're listening on the replay of this uh, program. I've put a link, and I know that 
some of the rooms that are coming up may not have replay capability and that is my doing because I was scheduling them and I thought that the, that the uh, replays were yes but um, I think I had my moderator help me fix those and if you don't see a replay after the fact know that there's going to be a podcast available through TSB's website and I do actually need to update TSB with 146 so when we get 147 up we're going to make sure and get that completely updated and I completely apologize so Uh, I am going to invite Mr. Preston Gaylor of Throwback Saturday Night up on stage. And uh, I believe Nick is currently listening via the stream. And if he, when, if and when he's ready, he'll come on in. And... Uh, We'll go ahead and uh, move forward. Uh, we've got a pretty packed uh, month here on TSB. And um, in fact, um, we've got rooms going all the way to September 6th because we've got that many things coming up. Preston, I did try and invite you, but I keep getting um, thrown back up to the top, so I don't know if this is working. I know that I haven't blogged a lot of what I've posted to the list as of late, and um, I've been also trying to keep myself at least a week behind, but that's probably going to change in the not-too-distant future. Speaking of not-too-distant future, uh, my... um, Oh, user's already been invited. Now I get a message telling me that uh, they've been invited. Okay, so we're getting somewhere. Um, Anyhow, um, while we're waiting for Preston to come on up... um, Let us talk a little bit about the schedule. Next week is Nation State Actors taking advantage uh, advantage of weak passwords, which probably wouldn't surprise me. 
in this landscape. June 21st, Emotic returns. You know, they were very, very dangerous uh, at their time. And ransomware gangs increasing attacks by deploying zero days. So that's the month of June. Preston is still in the audience. So let's um, go ahead and talk a little bit about today's uh, moron, which <laughs> I'm going to end up changing the name. It is on, it is dealing with a true story on a phone line. And I wrote, someone recently got someone fired as part of a grudge where someone heard something they said and decided to look them up and email a copy of what they said to the employer. This is the first time we've seen this in the phone world. And we hope it isn't going to happen again. Live version with names changed to protect the innocent. Or are we protecting the guilty? So, for all intents and purposes, let's change the names. So, John and Mary are... Married and David will be the person Sports. Now, who did what we're going to be talking about. So This is a very interesting story. So, Mary is, for all intents and purposes, on the platform, but hasn't done anything yet. But Bob... For all intents and purposes, is going around looking for information. Why? I don't know. Well, Bob posts on a bulletin board and for all intents and purposes, says something. We don't know exactly what was said. 
There's Preston. So, David decides to email whatever what was said to Bob's employer. Because David probably posted a little bit too much information on the telephone line to be able to have this done. Now, I haven't heard this myself, but but I, I'm just speculating here. David eventually got fired because Bob went ahead and sent whatever it was over to David's employer. Now, the owner of the line went ahead and blocked Bob and blocked Mary because Mary's married to Bob by association. Absolutely crazy. Preston, welcome to the program. Oh, I see how it is. Welcome, Preston, to the program. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it took him a while to uh, <laughs> finally accept the invite. So Why would you block someone by association? That doesn't make sense, dude. That's exactly how the story goes. Mary was actually blocked from this board by association with Bob. Yeah. And because Mary can, in fact, go in and listen and give Bob whatever information Bob was asking for. So just by association, that's the way that worked. But David, I think, is the complete is really the complete moron here in our fictitious story because David must have said something completely wrong, or in in our eyes anyway, because how would you go and end up emailing whatever was said to? David's employer if David didn't give enough information to be able to do that to begin with. Yeah. Well. So. You stupid moron. You stupid. Yeah, stupid fuck it is. Why is that? Welcome to the program, Mr. Terry. How are you? Yep. I'm alright. I, I saw the I room, but I was on my way. Was so perfect. I was on my way, and uh, I wanted to get to a point where I could actually come in. So yeah. Oh. I thought it was so. Per- I thought the story was so perfect that we had to tell it because we all know that people are getting fired for posting stuff they shouldn't probably be posting on Facebook and other social media be- to begin with. For sure. I mean, employers look at that stuff now. And now, employers are looking at it, so... Mm-hmm. That's why you watch your ass and what you post on social media. Yep. 
And the phone lines are no different, apparently, because uh, in our fictitious story, David got fired from his job over something that was posted on the phone lines. Good job. Why is that? Why is that? So, I finished, uh, what's the name of that book now? It keeps slipping my mind. Mm. I still have to get that book, I haven't bought it yet. Um, uh, let me go into my books thingy. I don't have I my books anymore. I finished my book. Is called Tracers in the Dark. I really want to read. Uh, what? Tracers in the Dark. Ah, yes. And how about that book review? I have not listened to it yet. Yeah, I remember I was at work. Well, I, I posted was on my way the to book work. review to the blog. Yeah. Over the past week. Mm. Well, this is all here. Nick's here. Is Nick here? Nick is not here. Preston is, but I haven't heard anything from him. It took him a little bit to accept the invite. In fact, it kept taking me back to the top every time I hit the button and then it finally gave me an error said that he was already invited so we're having some issues ooh yeah just like the Apple probably on the stream shaking his head right now at that stupid moron you know just like all the concerns and stuff that Apple Vision is going to have Yeah, do we want to talk about do we want to talk about Monday's event? Oh, I like a lot of it, but Apple version is kind of concerning. Uh, everybody's talking about the event now. Um, about this new pair of glasses that are supposed to be like the new Age of this is going to change the world of that. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The glasses are they, they, they're great. It's a great idea, but it's also a bad. And idea. apparently, it will um, work on voiceover. There is a video on the page that I linked as part of the review that will talk about how that will work. So that that's a good sign. Oh well, that I didn't watch that, that, the thing, but um, I did see something about that in the. Uh, that cancels out my accessibility concerns, so that's good. Yeah. Now we the only. Thing but I've got more than accessibility concerns. I mean, they are valid concerns, but there's yes, more to yes. that than. than well, uh, there's a, there's the security, con- there's the safety concern. You know. Yeah. Okay. If somebody comes in front of you like a person, it'll it'll show them. But 
What if it's a car? You won't. It won't. We won't show that. It didn't say that in the event. It's not going to show a car come in front of you. I'll no. send you here. Well, and what about what my fictitious well? story where we're walking down the street, minding our own business, and here comes somebody on a skateboard deciding to watch the ball game and not paying attention to anything? Well, if a person comes in the view, they said it will show it, but what if it's like a bike or like a, a truck or a train or... You know, well, we already know if you get, we already know if it's a train, you're done anyway. <laughs> you're done anyway, even if it's a a semi truck coming. I mean, you're 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 effed. You know, you're you're you might as well just. And even if you're driving, I mean that. I don't know. There's just a lot of safety concerns. Yeah, and they didn't even cover any of that. They're talking about how great it's gonna be, how you, how like everything will just be done with your hands or or your speech or what have you. But they didn't talk anything about, you know, what if you have? I know somebody specifically who has speech difficulties. Yep. Um. And speaking of speech difficulties, I have another moron. Um, somebody basically went off on an, on another guy on a on a beta test system uh, because the guy is using speech technology to communicate because he can't. He can't, right? And he actually outlived his expectancy to live. Um, apparently. Um, when I met the guy in question, again, no names, uh, we'll call him John. Uh, when I met John, um, he sent me a a voice message on, on, uh, yet another phone line. And, um, he was telling me a little bit about himself and, you know, a bit of his, about his disability and, and such. And he had said at the time he only had a few years to live, but apparently, uh, he's outlived that, which is which is great. Uh, I yep. I I am very happy for him. But somebody pretty much said, "Oh, I agree with the robot," and like several of us pretty much wanted to go ape on the guy um, who said this. And uh, one of the moderators basically said, "Don't be who... a stupid." Don't be a stupid effing moron. Well, I knew him. I don't know if he's still around or not, but again, no names. He used one of those talking boards to say how he was feeling, what, you know, how, you know, ask you how you were doing, or, you know, because he couldn't actually talk at all. So, you know, he was wheelchair bound, and, you know. I don't know. I don't know all the details about him. But, but, uh, he had. A lot of disabilities, and yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. If I haven't made Nick go sit down um, with some of the stupidity around here, uh, he will be. Well, <laughs> if, if Nick's diaper isn't full yet, it will be later. So, you know, it's fine. I actually made it up here with my coffee without spilling it this week. Just hope I must be having that, a good day. 
let's hope next week you don't drop your cup and Oh, that's use what happened glass. last week, remember? You use a glass, yeah, but do you use a glass cup, or is it, like, a plastic? It's a plastic cup. Oh, well then, okay. I mean, it would just, it would just be a coffee. Yeah, I remember the coffee one everywhere. Oh, that made me mad. Preston, oh boy, you're, you, if you are trying to say something, we're not hearing you, so um, there's nothing I can do. I see you on stage, but I want to give you a chance to say something. What did you find of interest this week, Terry, while we're waiting for Preston to figure things out? Maybe he's not able to say anything at the moment. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, I had a phone call. Um, You're good. Anyway, the Apple Vision, I mean, I like the idea. It's great. I mean, if you want to sit down and play a game and be immersed, like, you know, cool. But I don't know. I don't like it. They need to fix, they need to have D&D features, so if you're they need to have it just like the iPad and iOS. You you get in the car or whatever. You have you know your your you know your D and D set like for work. When I get to work, my D and D goes on. So I mean, people can get only certain people can get in touch with me, and that's how they need to do it. Like if you're if you're either driving. Or say a certain time, they need to have that fixed across. Uh, how do I want to put it? Um, cross platform. That's how I want to say it. Um, they need to have a cross platform. For the most part, from what I could see, they do. But I want to know about the D and D stuff because if that's if that could be fixed, then it'd be a better option for you. And it'll go on and it'll say something like, well, you can't do this until you get, you know, so. Um, yeah. Because you could do it by app. You could do it by time. You can do it by location. Um, I, I mean, I really like that they improved um, the D&D stuff. Or as they call yeah, it now, um, they call it something different now. Um, but they call it focus mode now. Focus mode, yeah. I mean, they could need to maybe do a little bit more improvements on that, and then it'd be safe, and you could literally just. And maybe there, and maybe that's what they are gonna do as part of iOS 17's release. Remember. Um. Just because these were announced doesn't mean they're completely ready yet. They're not ready yet because, from what I understand and from what people told me, and I didn't hear this in the event, um, they said it was going to be released next year. So, and they said, oh, I've talked to a couple of people. Oh, yeah, they did say it in the event. I go, I didn't hear it. 
They didn't say next year. They did not give it like a. I did not hear it. Maybe they I did. And I just. I didn't either. Maybe they did, and I missed it. But I was listening to the glasses one really carefully, and I didn't hear anything. But when I listened to the recap of the event Tuesday with Stephen Robos on Apple Insider, because we can give his name out because he's a public figure anyway. Because it's public. That's yeah. That's fine. Um. Um. He said next year, so I'm like, you know, that's a good source, so I'm not, you know, okay, fine. I'm not worried about that. I mean, if it wasn't a public figure, I would say no name, but he is a public figure, and he's a podcaster, so, you know, Mm -hmm. if he he messages me and says, hey, man, like, why did you do that? say, well, you're public, and, you know... Yeah. Your name's so, already out there. Your name's already out there anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> what else did you find interesting that has been posted to the blog or the list or uh, anything else you've spotted through the landscape while you're here? Well... I haven't had a chance to really look a lot because I've been doing not only Apple, like listening to the event, but um, doing uh, my show. But I could go on the, the security thing and the uh, box list here and try to find something like. I'm not if you if, while he's looking, email iMessage J A R E D R I M E R at nine eight six themix dot com text or WhatsApp. It doesn't seem like it's showing anything. I should have had something. Eight oh four 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 two six nine seven five. I posted <laughs> stuff. I think the last time last thing I posted was uh dealing with uh it's not showing. I wonder if it like broke me again. <laughs> Was the Discord admin stuff, which I still need to blog. Oh boy. That's the last thing I posted. Discord uh, figures. I mean Which was gonna... posted at the beginning of June. I haven't posted anything in days. And that was a big deal because this one actually was a malicious bookmarklet. Yeah, I, I think I did, did the see attacking. that one. I think I did see that. But that's one. the last one. That's the last one we posted. That's why I don't see anything. Okay, that makes sense. What else do we? I'm gonna read. But I have been posting quite a bit on the blog lately. 
to a heavy blood book you have to do. Yes. Yeah, I don't have a. I don't know if I have a bookmarked um, in Safari though. I gotta look. I have a bookmarked on. You bookmarked it just like you did EMHS. Preston left. I don't know. I, he must be having some issues. Let's see. I opened up all. <laughs> yeah, but I bookmarked it on. I bookmarked it on my computer, not on my iOS device. I gotta bookmark it. Yo, let me go. Oh, you'll be alright. I'll figure out 986 in the mix and then go. Actually, I could just click on the freaking. So, here we go on another resignation over at the Twit Farm. Otherwise known as uh, Twitter. Yeah. I spotted that this morning. Uh, a woman who was responsible for the um, let's make sure everything looks good on Twitter. Um, for trust and safety. So now we don't have anybody over at the Trust and Safety Department. Well, oh, so uh, the cesspool continues over there at 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 uh, the uh, shit farm. Wonderful. I wonder when Twitter's gonna go. I wonder when Twitter's gonna close its doors. Oh, so there's another one that I had posted this morning. Twitter, the FSB. I'm fu- I'm sorry. I uh, iOS 15.7. Mm-hmm. The FSB, the NSA, and Apple. This covers a story where. Um, you mean a very well-known security company gets infected by a zero-click. Never been seen before malware on iOS. Hmm. All of the phones were running the the latest version to date, 15.7, and still got infected. Apparently, the bug's been fixed in 16. And the FSB says Apple had a hand in it. Uh, The NSA didn't comment. Um, neither, Apple said that was a bunch of crap. And um, what's actually going on with this story? Like, what would you would you honestly think Apple would would purposely destroy something that they have to use too? I mean, it's um. Apple Apple think. actually said we you know we it's not in our interest to do that. Yeah, no, it's not in their interest. And the FSB says that the NSA and Apple were were uh, involved in it, and it was it uh, there was also uh, Brian Krebs boosted this, and then there was another article he boosted from Wired with similar coverage. So this is this is becoming big. Um. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, I wish people would stop pointing fingers at each other and, like, tell us what's really going on so that we can better protect ourselves. How are we going to protect ourselves if, you know, somebody's... And apparently, the message deletes itself, and then, like, a a restart of the phone fixes it because it's it doesn't you know it doesn't it's not a, a persistent threat but yet after they restarted the phone you know the text message appeared and they were reinfected and they didn't even interact with the message i mean this is bad why doesn't apple have a way to detect malware on your phone like make an app for that in case shit like that goes well, on because you know that's why that's why it's important to have antivirus on your phone. Either, you know, Trend Micro's got a a, a phone product. Um, you know, the antivirus vendors and you tested one for the JRN. Yeah, I uh, did. That that's effective. Yeah, I can't remember what it was though. No. And I don't remember Uh-oh. what its name is, but you could definitely go search. Oh, you have something that we actually blogged about on Saturday. I think we should talk about. Oh. So. Oh, by the way, before we get to that, did you see the latest on Reddit? I don't have Reddit. I don't use it. They are now, according to an article from this past week going to take after Twitter's footsteps and they will be charging $12,000 a month for API access well that's cheaper than Twitter's footsteps Twitter's charging and according to one person in the article who was quoted it's about $20 million a month. And... Um, according to what one guy said, uh, Reddit indicated they are going to work with developers, but they're now charging, was it $12,000 for... Um, 5,000 calls or something? I forget the exact number, but it's in the article. So it'd be 120... 150,000 a year? Well, just about? Yes, and then and then you've got... You know, depending on your users, you know, that price could go up. Correct. So it can go up to so, like twenty thousand a month, which would be like two hundred and twenty thousand a year. Uh, but apparently, the article stating from the pass. most popular app that Reddit's got, it's going to cost that developer twenty million dollars a year, because apparently this is just the lower tier at twelve thousand. I don't even want to know what the top two tiers are. Up. Uh, the article's titled Reddit may force Apollo and other third-party clients to shut down. 
Well, yeah, they probably will because I'm not going to pay that kind of money every every month. Twenty million dollar API fee. Who has that kind of money? I mean, what developer? You know, if you're developing for this, the only developer I know who could do that who who could do that without too much trouble would be Apple. And maybe Google. But and Microsoft. Well, yeah, those are like the two big players, the three big players. Yeah. And Google could easily afford that, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't. I just don't see too many developers doing that. So third-party access is going to go pretty much by the wayside in the next year, I think. Uh, I think for we're everything, we're practically going to be screwed in this be... community. Yep, yep. I mean, they already did it to Twitter. I think they already didn't. They already do it to Facebook. I know they. I think they did. So mm, I don't know if they did to Facebook yet. Oh, they'll follow in suit. Just, just give it time. They will. Yeah, I know they're yep. char- I know they're, not, I know uh, Mark Zuckerberg is charging for that, but it's not. I think pretty soon it's going to be at everything. It's just going to go to the wayside for the blind. So developers will have to, or the people that do that develop it, that actually make the money, would have to make it accessible. And yeah, right, they're not going to think about that. They don't care. They care about the sighted users. Yeah. So we'll just be thrown off of social media, which would be fine by me. Yeah. I don't care. I can I could then go to RSS for the news sites directly, which they don't charge. I can use Apple News, which I already pay for anyway with my subscription. So I, yeah. That's fine. Yep. Alright, so Traces of the Dark Book review. Uh, here's one. Microsoft finds bug in Mac OS. And Apple ended up fixing it. This one. A second SIP bug. And, uh, this one. This, uh, one according to Bleeping Computer has been fixed. This is dealing with uh, getting root access. And most of the users may not be affected by this, but in theory, uh, an application, and I forget what SIP actually stands for, but it talks about it in the article. Uh, I think it's the session initiation protocols, what that stands for. Uh, Dealing with, you know... uh, you know, all of the protections Mac has. It's not that protective. Apparently, this is the second bug since 2021, so it's not a regular occurrence, but it it may become a bigger concern through the years, so we need to watch. Well, think about it. The newest Mac uh, update, the new OS for Mac is coming out, so, you know, you're going to have all kinds of 
bugs. So just get ready. Um, mm-hmm. Just get ready. Uh. Barracuda, the biggest email appliance name in this industry, had a huge problem. First, we blogged about a zero day that affected multiple products, and then we had an update that the update we learned about is that this was an occurrence since October of 2022. Apparently, actors have been have gained have had access for at least seven months to these networks. Wow. And the latest Ars Technica article is covered. Critical Barracuda Zero Day <clears throat> was used to backdoor networks <coughs> for eight months. So if you use any Barracuda network um, devices, <coughs> search Barracuda and there's at least two articles for you to read on it. And make sure you patch yourself or call Barracuda to get help. You are talking about Total AV, right? Is that this is that one for the security? There's one. That's one. Yeah, that's the one I tested for the JRN. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but we yeah. So now, Terry. You and I, while I was attempting to do TSB. Oh, yeah. Last Saturday. Mm Mm-hmm. You had yourself a little bit of very interesting fun. Please tell our audience what you were up to and what we found. Please. So before I actively go to work... We decided to see how many apps were on the iOS app store for VPNs. Because of the fact, I did this because of the fact that they had an app out there that was, what was it? Was it, it was malicious or no, it was, um, they were having issues. It had it. a 380 million or 360 million uh, user breach. User breach. Yeah, that's the one. So I decided, you know, how many VPN apps are actually on the App Store? I want to type it in. I just typed in the word VPN, and several thousand apps came up. Some Chinese ones. Some claiming to be the safest app out there. Some claiming to be private. There was one that is called VPPN, which, what is it, virtual private private network? Private, public private network. So I came up a name for VPNs that are free, as Jared knows, and they're virtual public 
networks. Why? Because they're free. They're public. So there you go. I mean, it's... And, it's, and, and there were several of them that said, that came from this organization called VPNfree.org. Which, VPNfree.org, yeah. Yeah, which, which, is, which, is a, uh, which has been a... Uh, which is a 12-year company, or 11-year yep. com- old company, yep. um, with no contact information, by the way. No, you have to submit a form to them. <laughs> That's real safe. <laughs> yeah. You should at least have an email. I mean, if you don't want to give your phone number up, it's fine. But you should at least have an email. So you can at least email them and say, hey, I have questions. I have concerns. Well, that's what the form was supposed to do. Yeah, but they should give you, like, a direct email. Like, uh, they I should don't. have a contact. Well, they should have a contact page, you know, like something. Some the contact. That's what that was. That's what was there. Was a was a was a form. Yeah, but I mean, we were talking on about their this main page. Too. I mean, we were talking about this too. That they should have a contact option to yes contact the company. Granted, okay, yeah, the form's great, but what if you what if you need support? You know, I mean. There are only days to get well, that. That's I mean, why on my contact page, that's why on my page, I list several valid phone numbers for people yes. who want to yes. utilize them. I, mean, I don't like these companies that don't really list contact information. Oh, you got to fill this form out. Whoa. Great. Great. I mean, perfect, but... What if I need to talk to somebody? I need to actually call you. Good luck. You know, I mean, granted, okay, yes, it's a digital age. I understand that it's a digital age. I get that, but people still want to... What about these people that are, say, you know, my mom's age or my dad's age that just don't understand how to do these things? You know, I mean... Stay there living alone, you know, and they want to... That's why you and I are here, Terry. I get that, but... What if, you know... For some odd reason, the show stops for some reason. Let's say, I don't know, whatever happens, happens, and they need help. Well, they're not going to be able to get it because... You have to fill out a form, okay, or... Sometimes people don't understand. And it'll take two or three days to get back to you with that. Yeah, and that's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. But there were several that claimed to be the best and to be the safest. There was a few Chinese and Japanese ones that I didn't feel that would really stay. Um, I mean... And here's here's the kicker. So, Express and Nord, as we know, are the big players. Why the fuck are they not listed at the damn top of the fucking page? I don't get that one. I mean... Me neither. At least within the top five. They don't have to be necessarily at the top, but at least within the top five. Yeah, at least least within the first four apps, they should be, you know... Yeah, I'm there. No, they're. I had to go down. What, what was it like? 
20 or 30 apps to find those two? It's nuts. I'm like, this is just... It, yeah, that, and not only that, not only that, like, I was listening to some of these, uh, are you kidding me? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and before you go, how about TikTok and their venture for an AI chatbot? Well, everybody's going to get an AI chatbot now. I mean, come on. Facebook's doing it. Twitter's doing it. Google's doing it. Apple's improving their Siri, I understand. So, yeah. Well, that's long overdue. Well, that's been overdue. Like, I've, I mean, I'm having issues with um, voiceover right now. Where, where when I turn it on, it won't do the proper voice, and then it won't read to me at all. Like, it broke. It breaks. So, I don't know what's going on with that either. <laughs> Yeah, like it, it won't read it, rogue. So I have to like play with it now for it to work. And it's like, you know what, Apple, you need to really get the shit going because this isn't funny. I mean, my phone will get the new update. It'll get the new update because I have the 13 Pro. My iPad should get the new update because it said iPad oh, um, iPad fourth generation Pro, which is weird because you would think it wouldn't, but. Because the weird thing is it says the iPad 5 5th generation and the iPad 1st generation are going to get it. What the fuck? You think the 5th generation I will get it? I, can I see, hope my 11 will. I could see the 1st generation not getting it anymore because, come on, that's the 1st generation iPad. I get that. But the 5th? That doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Unless they're putting too much in that it's not, it's just not going to work with it, and we don't know it, that. Yeah, we don't know that. I mean, it, there's, yeah, it could be a possibility. Um, I mean, that's thank God I got the pro, so it will actually work. So, um, I mean, I'm probably going to get the new pro uh, when it comes out this year, but, um, yeah. Because my pros uh, seen better days. I've seen better days. Oh, two months. Ooh. <laughs> it's yeah. time for you to go. By the looks of my clock. Yes. Happy trails. Travel safe. I will. We'll see you on Saturday. Yes. You've got the security box. I'm Jared Reimer. Email iMessage J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com. Text or WhatsApp 804-442-6975. Um, there's quite a bit of other news that might be of value, so feel free to check out the blog over at jaredtech.help for more information about what's uh, going on. I hope that we'll get some more stuff 
uh, posted. I am going to be out of the office on Thursday, but I'll try and get some stuff blogged so that things appear uh, while I'm gone. And um, we'll see how things go. Um, but lots, lots of stuff is going on. It's crazy. The broadcasting time is 12 o'clock. I hope everyone is doing well. Let's uh, go ahead and give you a song break. And... Um, We'll maybe this song might well no, no, I don't want to play this one. I don't want to play that one. I, w I thought about this one, but then I read I heard the exact name and I don't want to play that one. what I want to play because I had an idea for a song but I don't want to play it after all um all right here we go let's take a song break uh, this is a single version. It's a 2020 track from Home Free. On the road again. On the security box of 98.6. The Mix. And across the Jared Reimer Radio Network. Turning our way and our way. 
Alright, folks. On the Road Again by Home Free, a 2020 single. And we are back. And, uh... It's gonna be interesting to see how things go. I was just looking at Mastodon, and while I'm a week behind... Something caught my attention from Slashdot that Windows is going to lose Cortana, which I've never used, but uh, that'll be the best thing ever, because I've heard nothing but problems with it. In fact, one of my people has said it's so bad that it'll just pop up out of nowhere, even if it's, even if they're not uh, clicking on it and, do, and interacting with it, it just pops up and becomes a problem. So, goodbye, Cortana. You've got the Independent Artist channel for the live version of the Security Box. And, of course, you can listen, You can look at our website at uh, emailhostsecurity.com slash tsb.php and you can find other networks that carry this program. And because there has been strong language, we are going to put our strong language notification in there. It shows on the page that it is possible for strong language. And I don't want to force people not to use the language if they feel it's necessary. So, that is where we are. And uh, if you have comments about what was discussed during the first hour with News Notes, our moron, maybe two, feel free to contact me. Let me know what you think. And... Um, The structure of modern cybercrime is our main uh, topic, so we'll get started with it. Um, so the structure of modern cybercrime groups is the title. The article title is Unpacking the Structure of Modern Cybercrime Organizations. The publication is Trend Micro, who did an excellent job. There's figures and all sorts of stuff, as well as um, as well as um, links to other stuff. And we sent this uh, the the article sent to TSB uh, was four nineteen twenty three. So the last 20 years has seen a growth in the way we do business. This is no different in the cyber uh, landscape as well. We've seen small time annoying things like well-known viruses and worms like Code Red, NIMDA, the I love you virus, which I put that in quotes because that's what it was called uh, and others some of these things were annoying 
while others were uh, mildly destructive. You know, Code Red and Nimda were destructive. It actually killed servers. Uh, uh, Superior Software was affected by it. Uh, That was my father's company. Um, And, um, of course, Menvi. When Menvi started getting on the Internet, we actually put it up on Superior Software's domain under slash Menvi until we could determine whether it was going to be big enough for full online or what. And it it turns out that uh, we still get people signing up every month to Menvi. The cybercrime space now takes all of this and has made it more destructive. Now, it's all of these types of things turned into ransomware. So you get the mildly annoying uh, we're just going to encrypt your stuff to the oh, let's encrypt your stuff and then we're going to exfiltrate it and then now they're doing we're going to exfiltrate it and then we're going to sell it as well as encrypting it. Oh, and by the way, uh, you need to pay us both to decrypt it and so that we don't do it. Oh, and by the way, we probably are going to do it anyway. Uh, And so, you know, most of the stuff we're seeing now are the same things that we've seen 20 years ago. Your package has been, you know, delayed. Uh, click, click on this file to, to, you know, do more. What, you know, what it would, what it used to do was, was be able to, you know, was just be annoying. Maybe it deleted crap on your hard drive and, you know, did that type of damage. But now. You know these things are are, are encrypting us and and becoming a, a a big huge problem, which is why EMHS has resources out there um, for you to make the best decision for you. And of course, I I know that my podcast reaches a lot of the accessibility, uh, you know, a lot of the disability community, and I understand that. But if you hear something and you tell your sighted, you know. Companions, look, this is this is what's going on. I heard it on this podcast. You know, you need to be aware of it because this is, you know, what's happening. And I know you work at, you know, X company, whatever that might be, and um, all that. That's 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 what we're here for. You know, when when I started working at Code Amber, you know, people were asking me, why are you, you know, why are you putting the Amber Alerts out on, you know, the phone lines? And I said, well, let's say that you're at a restaurant and you hear a child, you know, saying, I want to go home. And they call them by name. So let's use John as the example. John, I want to go home. I don't know why you're keeping me here. You know, shut up, Sally. No, uh, uh, nobody in this restaurant wants to 
hear hear you mouth off and and uh, I've been taking good care of you and it turns out that you know that there was an Amber Alert for Sally and you just make a phone call and the police come and they verify because they have the Amber Alert that uh, this is the Sally and that John was the suspect and and so you know in this in this hypothetical situation you've just solved an amber alert without knowing it um because you heard two people talking and you remember you know based on what you've read or heard on the on the um alert so um this is why I think this program is so valuable because while I've read a lot of this and I understand what I'm looking for to make sure that I don't get hit, a lot of the community isn't. And a lot of people who are cited are still not aware of what's actually going on in the industry. So... This this topic is is going to do two different things. It's going to tell you, you know, what these groups are up to and it's going to explain you know, uh how they're sort of structured. And as a side note, um there are some names Sports. of some groups that are used, but it's only an example of of you know the research. This is another research project, and uh, Trend Micro was involved in this uh, research, which was excellent. And of course, uh, we have a link in the um, show notes. <coughs> and for those who are on Clubhouse um, and want to listen through the replay, uh, we do have a, a link. Available in the club. <clears throat> so, the first paragraph quoted says, The last 20 years have seen the cyber threat landscape transform markedly from an era of cyber attacks with damaging payloads the cybercrime space has evolved to one where malicious actors have organized themselves into groups mainly driven by financial gain. So it's not just like I said, something that's mildly annoying, like something that'll just Say, haha, you know, I tricked you, I've deleted all your stuff, but yet it may not actually do it. To stuff that probably did, and it wasn't a huge deal because hard drives were so small that you pretty much got screwed. To now we've got the biggest problem of them all, and, and there's no reason why it's going to slow down anytime soon which is, again, the ransomware. And again, I use the Amber Alert situation where, you know, 15 years ago, 
you know, I could have probably heard something because I was working for Code Amber, so I was aware of an Amber Alert. And, um, you know, if a customer says, this suspect's got a gun, I could say, tell me about the suspect. You know, uh, did you hear the child's name? They could say, yes, they said the child's name was, you know, John Smith. All right, let me walk outside and go make a phone call. So I'd, I'd make a phone call and take care of it. Uh, with 35 years in the business, companies like Trend Micro and F Secure, uh, now known as With Secure, have seen a lot of transformation. Just like with any business, you scale up or down to meet demand or lack thereof. The second paragraph states, Consequently, organizations now contend with a new breed of cyber criminals uh, fiercely competing among themselves to claim a bigger stake in a highly lucrative market. Given present circumstances, malicious actors have organized themselves in ways that show a remarkable resemblance to legitimate com- um, what is this corporations. Our research finds uh, findings show that as revenues and membership of cyber criminal groups expand, their organizational structure becomes more complex because new tiers in the hierarchy inevitably arise in the process. To do the research, different criteria were used as your traditional methods would yield all of these types of groups as small businesses. And this is according to the article. A link to the research paper is going to be in our show notes, which is a link within the article. There is a table that describes what their methodology is. The table is labeled Guidelines for uh, Ascertaining Criminal Business Size So that's the name of the table. And now uh, with a little bit of of, uh, some finagling I was able to get the table and so The first column is going to be number of staff and affiliates, uh, annual revenue, and management layers. So for your small business, one to five people. Under US five hundred thousand dollars, 
with layer one. Your medium sized business, six to forty nine, up to fifty million US uh, a million dollars, and it's tier two. And finally, large is fifty plus, and uh, that's fifty million dollars plus as well. And that's tier three. So that's the table. Now the rest of the article <coughs> will basically break down uh, what examples they use and uh, how it all works. And uh, I found this very fascinating <coughs> because... You just don't know how many people you could probably be dealing with. And as we've continued to hear stories, and I remember this clearly, one NPR story said that they sent one New York woman to uh, some other part of the state and it was snowing and there was a, a bad storm and they missed the deadline but the you know perpetrator said we see you paid you know here's the key and uh, everything turned out well it was all of their photos and all kinds of things and uh so they do have compassion but it's it's about the money it's not about you know hey uh, you know i'm an old grandma um you know i don't have this kind of money you know, to be able to, you know, pay people like you for a mistake I made. You know, um, they sent an email. The granny clicked on it because they didn't know any better. Oh, crap. My uh, files just got owned. And they had people right there to help her get her stuff back. Unbelievable. Um, all right, so what I'm going to do now is play one track because I need a drink. So I'm going to go grab one while you get one song and then when we come back we're going to start talking about the different size businesses and what they are offering in regards to <clears throat> how they're structured uh, we're going to talk about a group that meets that criteria and uh, a lot more So, I'm going to step away for our track from the Acapella Classics, a 1995 um, album. You're going to hear 
father's eyes across the Jared Reimer Radio Network.
Security Boss with Jared Folks, Father's Eyes from the Acapella Classics album, a 1995 album with that track. <clears throat> Hope everyone is doing well. Email iMessage J A R E D R I M E R at 986 the mix. Dot com. Text or WhatsApp 804-442-6975. And we are back with more of the security box. And uh, I've got my drink here, which is good. Because I was starting to have some issues and... I want to make sure that I'm not hacking all program long here. So, I'm writing in my notes that this is definitely something different, if you ask me. And it is, because you don't think a criminal enterprise as uh, somebody or, or a group of people who would actually do something to make sure that you're okay. <clears throat> but as illustrated, some of these groups have. And in fact, some of them have even given the key saying, we didn't mean to attack you. Here, have a key. Um, we wanted somebody nearby you, but somehow you got attacked. So here, ha have some keys. Um, but for the most part, it's disheartening. Small groups of criminals, the article says, that generate moderate annual revenues of no more than U.S. $500,000 comprise most of the cybercrime space. A team leader, a coder, a support role, and a network administrator make up a typical small criminal group. So that's at least four. But you could probably have a couple of agents <clears throat> making sure that they give you around the clock coverage. With only a few members operating under a partnership model, each employee often uh, multitasks to perform various roles like advertising, recruitment, and finance, among others. Members of small criminal groups often hold day jobs in addition to their involvement with the gang and so <clears throat> you know it could be you know John next to you sitting at your cubicle 
at, at your cubicle, you know, uh, station, asking you to help him with a project because he just got stuck with something that he needs help with. And unbeknownst to you, he could be working for one of these small gangs. I'm going to let that go by, folks. Uh, I don't have the scanner on, so I don't know what's going on. One or more entrepreneurs establish a small criminal enterprise to develop and sell a unique product or service. These Entrepreneurs finance the operation themselves and funnel resources to pay for the fees of the malware code developers, servers, and other attendant costs. In the article, they said they use scan for you as the Example of a small business that was notable for making revenue. They were notable from 2012 to 2017 making counter-antivirus software, probably known as scareware, to scare someone into downloading and buying the product to fix a problem that wasn't until you got the product. That paragraph, which I write, the paragraph says, We use scan for you, which I underlined in this case, but usually I italicize though, and I want to spell that for you. It's actually scan, as in capital scan, S-C-A-N, the number four, and then capital U, as in you are my in my life, Y-O-U. In our research... As an example of a small business group that made a notable uh, reputation for itself in the underground from 2012 to 2017. They write, during their five-year operation, it was one of the most prominent counter-antivirus, also known as counter-AV, or CAV, probably pronounced CAV, I'll say CAV here, uh, services in the cybercrime realm. <clears throat> so, you know, here's somebody who could send you an email and said, hey, Nick, or, you know, maybe they don't identify you, but today they probably will. Hey, um, Nick at, uh, you know, jaredreimer.net, your computer is infected with name virus here. 
We want to make sure that you have the, the uh, proper tools to be able to fix this problem. So please, you'll run this file and it'll, you know, fix your computer or, or it would say, you know, run this file and uh, we'll help you fix the problem. So, Nick, in this example, would say, oh, all right, uh, I didn't know I had a virus, so let me, let me take care of this. told he has to pay right <clears throat> the whole goal was to get him to run the thing to begin with <coughs> boy that water went down the wrong way so these particular programs <coughs> were your typical costs right you know, pay somewhere between $30 and $60. <clears throat> they allowed you to use your credit card or maybe PayPal or, or some other method of payment, your traditional methods of payment. <clears throat> and you pretty much got screwed. I can't tell you how many times uh, my buddy, known on this podcast as Michael in Indiana, told me that somebody he knew would actually find these programs. How? I don't know. <clears throat> but, oh, I need to pay for whatever. And Michael had no idea about this type of thing. But he did some research <clears throat> and he got, you know, like Windows Defender in, you know, working and ran it in a mode <clears throat> where it was able to just pick off the thing. And they're like, well, how did you do that? Well, you don't need to know that because you downloaded the thing and um, I was able to get rid of it for you. I mean, this this was big in the early days. <clears throat> so this is why this is so important to talk about these types of things because you don't really see that anymore. But the scareware can actually now become ransomware where they can actually lock you up. <clears throat> so, the mid-sized business and criminal counterpart share similarities, says the article. <clears throat> and then uh, I'll quote what they wrote because it's, 
it's important to 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 do this at times and uh this is the only real way to explain it i think is to you know read these sections of the article and then you actually sit and talk about you know an example of something that either i've seen or maybe you've seen something similar to what they're talking about so that's that's how we're running the show today Medium-sized criminal organizations have a more complex structure compared to the flat organizational setup of small criminal businesses as they deal with additional layers of management like those found in conventional businesses of the same size. Mid-sized criminal groups have basic functional groups and reporting lines with a headcount between 6 and 49 employees with one person uh, occupying the topmost tier of their organizational chart and leading the entire operation. These groups produce revenues of more than U.S. $50 million a year, which affords their group members full-time employment. So think about that. You can practically quit your job, make a full-time salary, with no adverse effects on doing anything else with your life. You can take vacations when you want because you can work wherever you want. As long as you had access to the tools to do your job. I mean, that's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. So, the hosting provider known as Maxi Dead was used as an example of medium sized criminal business to investigate the structure of mid-sized criminal groups we selected Maxi Dead and they actually spell this D-E-D so I spelled it wrong initially in my notes and I didn't underline it oh actually it wasn't under it wasn't a link to begin with and I've never heard of this group at all by the way The gang started as a small hosting provider without overtly marketing itself as catering to illicit activities. So you could have actually been hosted with them and had no idea. 
2011, Maxi Dead shifted its business model to become a bulletproof hosting provider for underground businesses that deal with command and control servers, CNC, for distributed denial of service, DDOS, uh, botnets, uh, cyber espionage, malvertising, spam, and hosting of child abuse materials. So, <clears throat> they could have been one of the of those types of, of places that was talked about in part four of the book that I uh, read and uh It's unfortunate. Uh, what happened here? I didn't... Let's see. 147.4. Not found. Oh, oops, I put 174. Uh, let's search for there we go now I'm back to where I should be <clears throat> so Traces in the Dark did talk about CSAM in the underground but it didn't mention this particular group, but could you imagine any of these types of groups doing that? So, the final thing here are large businesses here. Like large legitimate corporations, large criminal enterprises have functional departments and a multi-level organizational structure. The existence of functional departments like human resources and IT, and I remembered it was IT, I should have marked that in braille, but whoops is a central feature of large criminal enterprises that is strikingly like the setup of ordinary companies otherwise known in this field as corporations given a workforce size of more than 50 employees 
it comes as no surprise that reporting lines are also highly hierarchical with middle management and upper management forming a pyramid-like structure. Now, before we reveal any more and continue reading some of the paragraphs that will lead to the answer to what I'm going to ask, <clears throat> can anyone have any guess on what might have been used as the large size business? Email iMessage J-A-R-E-D R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com And I'm actually in that email address right now. So <clears throat> you can email your guests and you'll find out if you're correct or not and um, maybe we'll talk about whether I'll give you something or not for being correct. If you're listening on the podcast uh, you can definitely guess. You can send me your responses as you're listening, and then you'll know whether you're right or not. And I may or may not be able to get back to you, uh, depending on where I am and what's going on. But <clears throat> I want this to be a live listener uh, guess time. And um, you can text me, 804-442-6975. That would be your best bet. Because I'm not going to be able to do WhatsApp right now. So again, the question is, would, do you have any idea what they might have used for their large business model? And several groups could probably come to mind. And you can, if you've been here long enough, you might know the answer. You can also pop on Clubhouse. You can join me in the TSB 147, The Structure of Modern Cybercrime Room. <clears throat> so, I want to see how many people might get this correct. So, noteworthy revelation from our research, they write, uh, research findings, they write, is how closely managers supervise employee performance, even going so far as implementing programs to cultivate and sustain uh, their employees' motivation to meet their financial goals. Large criminal organizations generate more than U.S. 50 million in annual revenues which is on par with revenues gained by large legitimate companies and they actually use the word companies as this in, in here so now ladies and gentlemen <clears throat> uh, the answer is going to be given As to 
who is the biggest one they used as an example of what was considered or what could have been considered a large sized business So, what I'm going to do is give you some time to guess something. So I'm going to purposefully play a track because I want people to be able to guess uh, 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 something before I read the paragraph and give you the answer. <clears throat> so let's play acapella from CD Baby. We'll play from the Better Than Life album. And we'll play the final track of the album. And unfortunately I don't have a year on this album. But the track is going to be called Let's Get Together. So I'm going to play this track while you guys give me your guesses on what you think the answer to the large business gang As we're almost done with the topic, you're listening to the independent channel of 98.6 The Mix and Across, the Jared Reimer Radio Network. Who won't talk to each other They're not acting like brothers They're not loving at all Confuse confrontation They choose gossip and slander For solutions meander Well, they're in for a fall We can't keep going on Like this every day Hear what I say Let's get together Let's stop the fighting and let's start uniting. Whoa, 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 let's get together. Let's stop the fighting and let's start uniting. Whoa, 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 there's too many people who don't know the Savior. But they see our behavior is not what it should be. It should be together. No more fussing and fighting We need love and uniting To be one family We can't keep going on Like this every day Hear what I say Let's get together Let's stop the fighting Let's start uniting Whoa, whoa, whoa Let's get together Let's stop the fighting Let's start uniting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's time we stop the fighting and start giving our love to each 
Let's stop the fighting and let's start uniting. Whoa, 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 let's get together. Let's stop the fighting and let's start uniting. Whoa, 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 let's get together. Let's stop the fighting. Let's start uniting. Whoa, 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 let's get together. Let's get together by acapella. And uh, that is a good song right there. I didn't get any guesses and I know that Nick got a uh, copy of the show notes ahead of time, but you know how things go. You know, you could still guess <clears throat> even though you read the answer already, but I didn't get any uh, uh, any uh, answers. So, if you're listening on the podcast, um, your time is now up to submit. And I'll tell you if you got it correct. And we can work on on uh, something. So if you're on a podcast, feel free to you know submit and uh, see if you're right. So I write in the notes. By no surprise, Conti was chosen to represent the large size business aspect of the research. Now, how many of you would have thought? That. How many of you would have thought, even before I gave Nick the show notes that I'm reading from, <clears throat> I wonder if he would have known that it was Conti before even reading the article initially and then we're covering it you know a month later I write they may not be known now but they uh, but they may still be using their brand to do ransomware as a service which took over after Ryuk and that's spelled R-Y-U-K. There's a lot of links here. So a lot of uh, italization going on here. Uh, for example, uh, ransomware as a service is a link 
and uh, we know that this is bad. And Ryuk, we know was bad too. As we know, Conti used a double extortion <coughs> uh, technique, which peddled uh, access to victim organizations who refused to pay, the article states. Uh, they also published stolen data. There are two other items worth sharing. I skipped a bunch of other stuff, but there's definitely two more items here. For cybercrime investigators, knowing criminal groups' management, uh, management structure uh, provides them with baseline information on the roles and number of people to look for while also giving insights on key people within the group that need to be monitored and probed more closely. And the second item the second item is for law enforcement. Knowing the size of a target criminal organization can help enforcers pinpoint which groups need to be pursued uh, first to make the most significant impact on cyber criminal operations. And that is how I end the topic, ladies and gentlemen, by putting those two in there. So, there's a lot to unpack here. And I know it's a lot of data. And I understand that. But, how are you going to make sure that you are as safe as possible if you don't know what might be going on even though they might use your name and some random email address to get you to click. That's why we read the articles to make sure we understand what's happening and how all of this works. Because then we can pass it on to folks like you. So, 
Let me know what you think. If you're on the live stream and you want to come on on the clubhouse, you can do that. If you need me to open the phone lines, let me know right now and I can open up my phone lines. You can text or WhatsApp 804-442-6975. I'll look. Text would be probably the fastest way to go. Be curious to see what you guys think of these things. I thought it was quite interesting myself. You never know what uh, is out there. Over 50 people for Conti. That doesn't surprise me. <clears throat> that really doesn't surprise me. Interesting. I found it interesting anyway. Let's, uh, I didn't want to go there. I went to my one of my game websites instead of my own blog because I thought we'd uh, look more at the blog to see what might of be interest. So Let's talk a little bit about the book that I read called Traces in the Dark. While we wait for people to come on and uh, tell us what they think of what they've heard so far. So the first part, besides talking about one of the biggest cases that probably never made the news but was known in these circles with of course we know him as the dread Pirate Roberts and Silk Road it took it talked about a company which was very prominent in this book called Chainalysis 
And while their software could have been questionable with being able to track an IP address and remember that the blockchain was supposed to be anonymous. So that's why that's why this book is titled Tracers in the Dark. But Chainalysis was a company that pretty much proved even with some of their quote-unquote questionable behaviors in the early days you know criminal activity uh, folk didn't like what they were doing they were pretty much told to fuck off what you're doing isn't you know legal they would say you know um, this is supposed to be, you know, personal between us and, and and who we're dealing with. And remember that the Silk Road was a site that at the time was huge for selling drugs. And you would actually get the drugs in the mail. The group talked about how Chainalysis was started and how they caught the dread red-handed at the local public library. The, there was a, a paper also written, uh, I, I remember her name, but I don't know how to spell it, so I, I only put the first name, but Sarah Nickeljohn was also a big part of this book because she wrote a paper on cryptocurrency and uh, possibly tracing it. She was printing out a bunch of stuff and had a, a whole office of trying to trace uh, currency. So she was working on this too. Part two of the book talked about one of the first exchanges that you could use to get cryptocurrency out. Now you could learn the name of the cryptocurrency exchange specifically in the book because I didn't remember what it was. Um, but this is not the first one that was talked about. There are others mentioned in this book, including one called BTCE, which comes to my memory, and others. Of course, we know FTX has been the latest failure in this place. That's why the stablecoin was having such a hard time earlier.
three covers the biggest problem that has ever been seen. And I don't know if we've seen another one like it since. After the Dread Pirate Roberts was arrested, we learn about another one. And, you know, a podcast like Security Now talked about this during that time. And this was known as Alpha Bay, which sold all kinds of drugs all around the world. And some of it was pretty deadly. In fact, some people were found dead. And while they did catch the perpetrator, according to reports, he either committed suicide, which they found, or the book also talks about the fact that the feds killed him and you decide based on how you hear that section of the book you can make the decision based on what uh, what you hear and you can decide whether they did or didn't I personally think that they did not do it uh, especially if the book indicates that you know he was fine when he was left and of course they didn't want to turn over the video because they said well that section of the video just shows the jail cell there's nothing to show so I can't say that there was any cover ups there But we're going to leave it up to the reader to decide whether the feds are telling the truth or whether they are lying. We talked a little bit earlier about CSAM material as part of the topic today. Well, part four, I remember this well. And the, the, the title of this was Go to Video. And you want to talk about a huge problem. Go to Video was the biggest problem, I think, in, in the many cases they covered in this book. You see, Go to Video hosted what is known as CSAM material and they wanted fresh CSAM material now the investigators took a different approach on this they decided that they were going to 
go ahead and try and pick up some of these guys. Now, they did, in theory, catch the perpetrator. And I also had to put down this... Uh, I also had to put this down because after reading chapter 40, I, I, just, I had to take a break. But then on my way home from PSAC, I decided to read. Like, okay, I'm just going to listen. I'm going to read it. I'm going home. Everything's okay. Mind you, I also had other things on my mind, too which I'm not going to get to as part of this discussion. But I think this probably could have continued on except that they used a common tactic to view source code that is used in the browser which went ahead and was discussed. This section also talks about yet another suicide as they were able to track one suspect and when they asked to look at his computer they actually let him go because they didn't have anything to hold him on but like turn over your phone and your computer they later then found the, sus the uh, suspect. I won't tell you anymore. But I won't give the discovery away, but it is a common tool used to look at source code. A CSAN is well better known as child pornography. And you can look that up. I didn't link it to the blog. You can look it up on Wikipedia because all I wanted to do was see, all right, uh, what is CSAN linked to? But I decided not to link to it itself. Now, part five is more of a hodgepodge of... Um, uh, of cases including the 2016 DNC hacks you know dealing with Hillary Clinton's servers Bitcoin Bitcoin was uh, utilized the January 6th resur uh, well I call well they call it insurrection I guess um And um, there was other uh, stuff, including other uh, interviews that made it in. The book has 50 chapters and an epilogue. 
I wouldn't say the chapters themselves are necessarily lengthy, but you can make that determination. And then I have the information about the book, including a link where you can buy it. And you can change between Audible and Kindle editions. I found it a, a very interesting book. And I thought I would take a few minutes and talk about the book. Because if you want to read about prior cases that you've probably heard about, these are big ones in the cryptocurrency market. And as we were scheduling to go to air today, uh, the Cybercrime Magazine uh, has issued a, a an interview with uh, Fishing Dark Waters. And uh, I can't wait to get my hands on that book. But I'm, I actually have been taking a break since I finished that book this past Thursday. Because I thought the biggest chapter set was chapters 40 through 46 dealing with uh, part 4. But maybe you have a different thought. And when you read the book, I would love to hear from you so you can tell us what you think. Now, I don't have anything necessarily else for the program for today, but I do want to give Nick or anybody else a chance to come on up here. Uh, I know there's really been nobody else since... Preston and Terry left and I know Preston did finally come up but he didn't say anything I didn't hear any audio from him so um, maybe I'll ping him and see if he uh, you know what happened there because normally he's good about saying something we had three total people I've been the only one since everybody left. That's perfectly okay. I completely understand. I have already been through the month of June, but I'll do it again because we're uh, close to wrapping things up. And I'm actually opening my file because I want to delete the uh, the June 7th entry. So next week, nation state actors and weak passwords. Emote it. It's podcast 149 in our 150th episode. Ransomware gangs. 
increasing attacks with zero days. And then we're actually going to do July 6th because July 4th is on a Tuesday this week, uh, this year. And um, we're going to give people an opportunity to take a day off. And so I'm going to be... I'm going to be pressured for time. We're going to label the file, get it to at least blue streak in time, because I actually have to leave at a certain time to make my meeting, unless I decide to take that week and uh, do it online. I haven't made that as a full decision yet. Maybe what we'll do is I'll open the room early on that day. And if we start early, we can finish early. So we'll sort of figure it out because Clubhouse allows me to open the room early. And so I have it scheduled for uh, for 11, but uh, we can definitely get started a little bit earlier than that. And that'll give me a little bit more time. And what we're going to do there is uh, talk about BEC, otherwise known as Business Email Compromise. Um, And that is continuing to be a huge topic, but we'll talk more about that then. I don't see anybody in the room last call for people who want to come on in and uh, let us know what you think going once going twice Going three times sold. All right, I gave some extra time there. If you want to club contact me on Clubhouse, make sure that you mention the podcast or whatever's on your mind don't say hey I'm not going to respond to you I do log in several times a week on Clubhouse we're going to go ahead and end the room now because I don't have anything else and I'm not uh, seeing any other users popping on in here I hope everyone has enjoyed it. I talked a little bit about my book. And remember to go to the blog and select the books category where you'll find out what I'm going to read next if it qualifies. 
Um, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do because uh, I decided to grab a book um, on one of the NHL's biggest players. And I forget the name of it, but I did get it as one of my credits. So maybe I'll read that. Um, and just take a break because uh, Traces in the Dark was really an interesting read, but a little bit a little bit hard, uh, at, in my opinion, at least the one part. But I digress. I think it was great. So, the room will be ending and uh, the stream will play a few tracks. Last call. Seeing none, the room and the podcast uh, for the room will be ending and will be compiled now. And with that, let's go ahead and get a few tunes in here. And call this a program. Let's play. I'm not going to do the whole track list for the stream or the podcast, but let's start our music and play a few tracks. We're going to start from the 2009 album Heartwood with a track she calls Drift. We'll see you all next week.
Das 